0: How am I supposed to possibly get up in the morning when I know who I am, when I know my imperfections? I know I should probably do something meaningful, but given what I know about myself, how is meaningful even in the cards? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth hey consciously welcome back trying to get into a good rhythm here with uh dropping episodes but uh, it was a little late last week and planning trying to make that up this week so it's the end of the month and that means we're going to do a step episode and it's july so we're going to do step seven which is really, really exciting. But before we get to that, if you're liking the podcast, it would be really, really useful uh, for you to go on and subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, any of those places. Uh, it tends to help other people see the podcast. Also, uh, more importantly, I think than that, share the podcast with a friend who you think would benefit from it. Not because I'm not like not satisfied with my audience. Like I love you guys. But, you know, there's other people that might benefit from these messages and uh, get something out of it. So do that. Also, as always, invite you to check out our social media pages, The Light Revealed, Consciously62, Instagram, and Facebook. Actually, I think we're going to streamline that and just move everything to The Light Revealed because really it's one project together. So you can take a look at that. Also, take a look at Practically a Fabrangian, which is another podcast I've talked about a couple of times I'm doing with my mentor and friend, Mashpia. I mean, Mayor Prager, it's fantastic material, it's really, really cool, great stuff, uh, Tanya, but like a much more pragmatic, cool take on the whole thing. As always, invite you to check out the book, Consciously, Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator, Amazon Mosaic Press. You know, I was complaining last episode that I went into the local Jewish bookstore and they didn't have my book, and then somebody else went into the bookstore and they had it on the front table, which, you know, was very nice for my ego. And if you have any questions or want to reach out, you can reach us at consciouslythepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Step seven. It's got to be the strangest language for the step. It almost seems like it's an afterthought. As we were talking about last time, step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove all our, all these defects of character. And then it just says, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. So it's like funny. In step six, there's no action. In step seven, it's just like blatantly specific. So that opens the door for such great conversation. Now part of the, one of the things that we talked about in step 6 last time last month and you can check that out on the on the podcast feed is that step 6 is kind of a willingness to move toward perfection. It's a willingness to live outside of our problems, to envision ourselves perhaps healthier, better, uh, more evolved, more enlightened. And in some ways as we're going to talk about step 7 is really a willingness to be imperfect. So step six, a willingness to be perfect, and step seven, a willingness to be imperfect. So how does that work? Okay, so the language in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous for step seven goes like this. When ready, we say something like this. It suggests a prayer. That's how a bit starts. It doesn't say end step seven. When, When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows, grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Now this is a really funny thing because usually when you're engaged in spiritual work, we know that it never ends. There's always more. And one of the key principles of recovery is progress, not perfection. And you'd expect explicitly an unending process of evolutionary journey towards perfection to include an unending process. And yet the book says something like we have then completed step seven. Actually, it doesn't say something like that. It says exactly that. So is it progress, not perfection? Or are we finished? And if you're saying, well, maybe it's just about being perfect. It's clearly not. Cause it says, we ask that, you know, have me all of me, the good and bad. And pray that you remove from me every single defe- defect of character, Period? No. It says, remove every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows, which means I'm perfectly okay if you feel like I need to hold on to some of these defects of character for the time being. Just please get rid of the ones that are in the way of my usefulness. And what that means is when I walk out of taking the, the seventh step, when any of us walk out of taking the seventh step, I'm ostensibly resigning myself to inevitable failure, right? I'm taking action action by the way which is focused on usefulness and i'm kind of expecting to kind of mess up i'm just saying god while i try to be useful if you could try to remove from me those things that will make my usefulness less effective for you and for others and that kind of opens the door for a very powerful frame of reference for how we understand growth because there's really two types of growth there's one type of growth where i become a different person i come to a place where I realize that I'm operating under false pretense and I realize that I didn't have the proper attitude or perspective on things. I change my attitude and perspective on things and then I do things differently. That in a lot of ways is a very pleasant kind of orientation of growth. But then there's another type of growth that's kind of more trial and error. Like I do it and I mess up and I do it a little bit better and then I mess up and I do a little bit better And I mess up. And one of the things we find in the 12 step frame is that the attitude oriented changes, meaning the changes that emerge from like shifting how I look at things and just looking at things differently for the most part are left for God for help from a higher power, right? Because oftentimes what happens is, and this is one of the reasons that people end up in the depths of despair is because they find that even though they know they shouldn't drink, let's say, or use drugs, they can't do it anyway. So it's, the 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 shift in attitude that they have is not sufficient in order to make the change that they need. and And what's interesting, and we've talked about this a little bit, is that this the spiritual awakening that the steps talk about and that the the recovery literature talks about, is specifically not some type of esoteric experience, but rather the experience of someone shifting their attitude and their change and how they look at life. That the miracle of the 12 steps, that people, the way in which people rely on a higher power, and in many ways, the acceptance of powerlessness and unmanageability that people make at the beginning process of the steps is more about my thoughts than about my actions. It's more about shifting how I see the world than how I act in the world. That the problem is not so much my actions as much as it's my thinking. Now, mind you, obviously, my my actions are a problem or else I wouldn't be here. But one of the things that the 12 steps proposes, one of the things that the recovery programs propose is that certain problems are caused by underlying thinking problems and that the thinking problems then manifest into yet other problems. So the crux of the problem, as the big book says at an earlier stage in a chapter called More About Alcoholism, is found in our mind. Now, recovery from that type of problem in the 12 step frame of looking at things comes from above. It comes from a higher power. The other changes that it talks about in the recovery process and that it talks about in life are the incremental changes that we as human beings can make over time. Now, one of the things that's really important and we talked about this when we talked about uh, personal responsibility and the admission of powerlessness is that for sure in the recovery program there's a sense of responsibility on the individual to make efforts at achieving incremental growth and behavior changes with an admission that ultimately, unless I fix the inside problem, I'll never really make any headway with the outside problem, but I have to address the outside problem just enough to try to address the inside problem so that the outside problem can ultimately be fixed, i.e. living free from active addiction. Now, this is a frame that's discussed in the world of Prima Satora. Right. And in the in, in that frame it's called Esra Dila and Esrisa de, Esrisa de La Sata, which is an illumination from above, from above. God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And then and De an Sata, which is us doing for ourselves what we can do for ourselves. And then the reciprocal response that God has towards us, meaning by us making an effort to step towards God, God steps closer to us. But also when we are stuck. In our most painful space, God reaches out to us, so to speak. Now, not to get too complicated, but this begs a really important question. And it's a question we touched on a few weeks ago when we talked about the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. This is obviously a very similar frame. The question is, how do I know what to do? What does the difference look like? So in spiritual processes, there's kind of three parts— to knowing the difference. Meaning there's three things that I can do when I'm in a state where I don't know whether I'm supposed to be leaning in or I'm supposed to be taking a deep breath. And there's kind of three parts. So one is you have to try, right? I have no choice. Here I am in life. I try and make an effort, be cognizant of what's working and what isn't working. Try to make adjustments, trial and error. Then there's also the efforts that I have to make, which we oftentimes in Judaism refer to as like tshuva, which is clearing the wreckage, clearing away shame, guilt, and resentments. And the function there is to kind of make ourselves, make our spiritual and emotional and existential and material selves a vessel for more light, for better light, for healthier light. And then finally... We know the importance of helping others, that oftentimes we can't spend our whole lives fixated and focused on ourselves. We have to sometimes like put ourselves aside and accept the fact that we're imperfect and just try to help somebody else. Okay, so I don't know what to do. So there's three things I can do. I can try. I can like make an effort to clear up wreckage, clear away blockages. That can happen in therapy, right? So I'm having a hard time making progress. Let me go to therapy and cleanse heal my inner self. Maybe that will help me make progress or let me stop thinking about myself so much and get busy doing good things. Those are the three possibilities. Now, what's really, really powerful is that the program of recovery basically lays these three things out, except they don't put them in the order that you would imagine them. And that will bring us back to step seven. The first thing we mentioned, which is what, where most of us start with is try. Like we're messed up. We got to try harder, try better. And that step actually comes last. That's the 10th that's the step, which states continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So the, the context there is like, try to live life well. And when you find that you made a mistake, admit it and then try to do better. That's the 10th step. But before we can do the 10th step, we have to do the eighth and ninth step, which is entails making amends. And this is what we'll talk about over the next two months. Uh, in a different frame, we have to clear the wreckage, open up the door for a healthier and spiritual life. And that entails getting in touch with what, the harms that I caused and making it right to other people, admitting it to other people where that's appropriate. But before I can do that, I get to step seven. And step seven, like the reading that we quoted earlier, the prayer that we quoted earlier, tells us that the most important thing for me to do is I emerge out of the pain and suffering of an active addiction or a struggle that I'm having in my life When I've already taken the time to acknowledge the struggle, tap into godliness, make a commitment to do my part and take personal responsibility, make an inventory of what's wrong with me, do some guided reflection where I open the door to perhaps living differently, the first thing that I can do even before I go out and make an apology, before I go out and tell the people that I harmed, that I'm sorry, that I'm going to try to do better, It is critical, and this is the deeply intuitive wisdom of the 12 steps, that it's critically important to first direct my attention to where I can be useful, to being as useful as I can be, to being as productive as I can be, to being an active participant in my life, to smash the idea that I can only be a member of society once I'm healed and fixed to smash the delusion that I will ever be healed and fixed. So that in fact, the only way for me to make the journey towards a life of progress without perfection is for me to accept that I'm as perfect as I need to be right now. That there's usefulness and meaningfulness that I can accomplish. And how do I do that? How do I get useful in spite of how much I know about myself? The only thing I can do is pray. But after I'm finished praying, I'm finished. And now it's time to move on. I can't sit and ponder my defects of character. I can't sit and contemplate what perfection might look like. I can't wait around to be a healthier person. I get busy being useful. And then as soon as I get busy being useful, now I have the right, the privilege, the opportunity To acknowledge to the people around me, I know I've been wrong in the past, and I'm truly making an effort to be a positive participant in society. And that's the best I can do now. So I'm finished. I'm completed. It's the only step that I can complete. The only step in the spiritual journey of progress, not perfection, that we can complete is the step where we accept that we are exactly where we need to be. Say a prayer. Focus on how we can be useful and get walking, get moving, get helping, get trying to do the right thing. That's the thrust of the wisdom in step seven. For those of you who have been paying attention to the sedras of the week over the last few weeks, Moses, we're in Devarim, and Moses is about to pass away, and he starts to speak to the Jewish people, and he speaks to them very harshly. He even tells them that they're likely to sin, and yet he doesn't tell them to stay in the desert to run away from life, to stay away from engaging life. In fact, he says, you're going to sin, but what you must do is jump in all the way, the best that you can. Trust the process. Avoid the trap of the pomp and worship of other things, of the false gods of ego and decadence. But nonetheless, the most important thing that you must do is move ahead. And that's the lesson we learn in step seven. And that was the most powerful message that moses leaves the jewish people as he prepares to empower them to take those next steps to the promised land to begin their journey towards nationhood towards spiritual development towards trying to become the people that god wanted them to be and who moses believed they could be and the only part of that journey that you can do perfectly and that you can complete that you can finish is to say a prayer and then get moving because that's what it means to be a spiritual person the willingness to be imperfect and in spite of your imperfection do something meaningful help who you can help accomplish what we can accomplish be the best me that i can be one day at a time just for today for listening to the consciously podcast consciously is a project of the living room which is a division of our place in new york and made possible by the kindness of the capellius family in memory of zipporah Basravarro. the host of consciously is menachem Posnansky. if you've enjoyed this podcast you can give us a review on apple podcast and subscribe on apple google spotify or stitcher or wherever else you get your podcast we sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback so please feel free to email or on our instagram and facebook pages